Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 216. And away we go. Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a moan breaker. Strip land into war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. This week in the Shadow Wrestling, who stole the show? This week is Maru Overrated, who is the top women's champion of all time and more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 216 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Putty, joined by, as always, unfortunately taking a break from TikTok, Hollywood, Mark Schwann. Mark, I'm actually doing a TikTok of this right now. Are you going to be okay if they uh, cancel it, get rid of it, ban it? They're not going to ban it. How are you going to live without the little do-do-do dances? Not for nothing. The CEO of TikTok is a former executive of Disney. So it's American. It's an American company, man. So uh, the whole thing is going to ban it because it's a Chinese company and it's hogwash. It's not happening. TikTok's here forever. Props for saying hogwash correctly. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but the biggest star of TikTok is the D'Amelios, and they're 16 years old, and you're what, 37 year old man? Just saying. Just... I'm 34 years Oh, that sucks. <sighs> it sucks. Nothing. You mean you don't look 34. How's your week, Mark? I, 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 I look like I'm 25. What? Okay, sure. Get your mom for yeah, you. Sure. Her eyesight's going. I told her to get some glasses, but she doesn't want to listen to me. How you feeling, Mark? How's your week? You're lucky that we're still doing this through Zoom, that we're not here in person, because I'd slap you upside down in your head, buddy. I don't think you would. Can't reach. How are you doing, Mark? So my week, yeah, my you... week it's, been, it's been swell, man. It's been great. Um, you know, I, I've actually been on top of my acting game as far as practicing goes. And at the same time, like, you know, I'm hitting up different people trying to figure out different ways to, to create. And uh, I think we're finding different ways here and uh, have some possible projects coming up uh, in the COVID world. So I'm pretty excited about that. And at the same time, I've been doing a low carb diet and uh, working out a trainer. I, my gym is open. Actually. Oh, well, nice. In your building, yeah, right? So, you have a private one in your building? Yes. Nice. So I, I am really ecstatic about that. And, um, the basketball court's open as well. So I've been working out uh, back to my old ways and eating better. And I already been losing weight. I'm feeling great. Do you hear the news about my gym? No. I don't know. I didn't have one either. I hoping you heard something. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm happy this week's over. I had a long, long, long week, Marcus. Talk to me, man. So a lot of stuff happened in my house and uh, it was bothering me. But some good news, Mark. Finally, let me talk about some good news in my life. I haven't told too many people about this, but a couple months ago, they found a uh, precancerous growth in my esophagus. Okay? Yeah. What they call high-grade dysplasia, which means it's not cancer. It's going, it's going to turn into cancer. This high-grade, yeah. low-grade, low-grade might not, but this one definitely will turn into cancer. Okay? One, one more thing you need to fucking worry about. So I'm like, okay. So this past week, I go for an endoscopy, special endoscopy, to take a look around, take care of it, maybe hopefully remove it. By the grace of God, he was able to remove it. It wasn't too deep. So as of now, it's all gone. That's, that's incredible. So I go to him next month to find out the results of everything. Then I have to go for an endoscopy every three months for the next year of my life to uh, 
make sure it doesn't come back. But it just felt weird. I haven't told too many people because, A, I'm a private person. But, two, it just felt weird to tell people, hey, I have pre-cancer. Like, I don't have cancer, so I'm, I'm healthy, but I could have cancer. Right. No, so I, just, I mean, it's got to be trippy it's for yourself to actually, like, just felt for weird. you to process that in yourself. Yeah, it just felt weird. Like, if I had cancer, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for you. But, like, yeah, I, I don't have cancer yet. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Well, but no, I mean. You hear, funny, you hear all the stories about people who are surviving cancer. But, hey, those people who have pre-cancer, you can survive, too. Stick with it. Thanks to all the doctors and nurses. Because I didn't take it too seriously. Because, like, like I said, it was pre-cancer. I'm like, right. I felt weird saying about it. But, man, every single doctor I talked to, every single nurse I talked to, took it very seriously. Like, I did have yeah. cancer. So, uh, God bless everybody over at the hospital. Help me out. And uh, get tested. Make, stay on top of your health. Just You never know. Because no. this, this, we found this by a total accident. A total fluke. I had to go in for a routine endoscopy. You found it. Like, oh, shit. So, just make everyone just stay on top of your health. You never know what could happen. And, uh. Thank God we caught because it was full blown cancer. Pfft, I would have given up. I'm done. But they caught it in time, way ahead of time. So God bless. I'm oh, here. Thank God for that, man. Cheers to that for Putty still alive, still kicking the heart and soul of Shot of Wrestling, man. Cheers to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's found something interesting is I uh, I've been under anesthesia before, right? Mm-hmm. The anesthesiologist comes to me. I'm, first time in the hospital. First time being a patient in the hospital is weird. So anesthesiologist comes up to me and goes, do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you do drugs? I'm like, yeah, I do drink. She goes, how many times do you drink? I'm like, maybe like two, maybe three times a week. She goes, okay, what do you drink? She's like Jack Daniels on the rocks. Oh, okay. I see you're a tall, big guy. Probably have a high tolerance for alcohol. All right. So I'm going to give you a Valium before I give you the anesthesia. So you, there's no chance of you waking up. What? Because parents have a high alcohol tolerance. There's a chance I might wake up from anesthesia? I did not know that. Never heard this before in my life. Right. Oh, so weird. The next day I felt like I got hit by a truck. I was out of it all day the following day. Oh, man. So learn something new every day. If you're a tall, big guy who drink a lot, take some Valium before you go for surgery. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you got to double the dosage for big yeah. guys. Okay. Well, learn something new every day. The more you know, Mark. Yeah. I mean, hell, man. I, I like enjoying uh, – I like learning something new every day. So I guess, you know, I, I think you got to double the dosage for me too. Yeah, right. Well, you're a small, small human being, so maybe not. I'm six you want to learn some two. news? You want to learn about the news this week? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm tired of you belittling me. Let's go into the news. Hey, I'm a pre-cancer survivor. Please give me some respect. Oh, my God. It took like T-minus five seconds for you to bring that up to me. <laughs> it's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty. All right, Mark, let's get right into it. WrestleMania is in the news, believe it or not. The coronavirus is, you know, still getting out of control here in some states. Records every single day are being broken, which leads many people to wonder about WrestleMania 37's future. WrestleMania 37 is scheduled to be held at the SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California on March 28th, 2021. However, construction on the stadium has been delayed, so might not even be done in time. W is looking for a plan B. If construction is not done on time. In April, the LA Times reported LA Mayor stated in a briefing large gatherings such as concerts and sports events may not be approved for at least one calendar year. So now this thing's ruining WrestleMania 37 for me. Ringside News is, has learned that Mania isn't going to happen as planned as all. WrestleMania 37 will take place in Tampa instead to make up for WrestleMania 36. A source close to the company 
saying they're going to make up for last year. Additionally, he was told that W promised next year's WrestleMania to Tampa to keep the governor in the fold. End quote. It was told that L.A. might get WrestleMania 22, but that has not yet been confirmed. So there's two conflicting stories here. Whether WrestleMania is going to be in Tampa this year, or they might wait until the last minute to see what happens. What do you think is going to happen with WrestleMania next year, Mark? Or I think it's too early to tell. I have no idea. It seems like they're all over the map. And, like, you know, it, it is way too early to tell right now. I mean, we're getting all this different information. You know, like they're talking about when the, when the facts change, the plan changes, right? With COVID-19, what's going on out there. Uh, you know, every week it's something new. We're finding out something different with the virus and how it's, uh, how it's been spreading and how to, how to treat it. Uh, you know, we're hearing about different vaccines and it works. You know, so, you know, we're talking about WrestleMania 37, which is going to be April of 2021. You know, there's still a lot of time there. You know, I, I feel like a month feels like a year sometimes as far as like, the knowledge and like, the information that we find out. And, like, we don't know what's going to happen come April next year. So as far as, like, you know, will it be in L.A.? Chances are it might not be uh, based on, like, you know, they're so far behind as far as building and whatnot. So they might not be up to the standard, up to par. Well, it's going to happen to, to actually hold it there. Yeah, because it's interesting because the mayor said we don't have large gatherings for a calendar year. But even if he didn't say that, the stadium's still not finished yet. Right. That's, so, I mean, it's like, oh, there's so many things. That, that's that's probably, I think, right probably going to be the biggest obstacle there for them to have it in LA unless they have a different venue, you know, which is not out of the realm. I mean, they, they could probably do like a smaller venue, maybe like the Staples Center. I don't know. I doubt it. But you know, if if they do decide to move it to Tampa, you know, it's all, you know, everything goes there right now in Florida. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, it is an essential business. Right. So, I mean, yeah, not for nothing. You know, if AEW is holding shows in Jacksonville Stadium, an empty arena, there's no reason why they can't have WrestleMania in an empty stadium in Tampa. But, but it changes our by April of 2021. I I would have to say there's going to be a crowd of some sort no matter where they go. Okay, hopefully, hopefully this is done by April uh, next year. Jesus, I'm done with this already. Yeah, I'm I'm so over this. Oh, I've man. been over it for a while. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's interesting that we're only in July and we're already thinking about WrestleMania next year, possibly being moved to Tampa to make up for this year's WrestleMania. We'll see what happens. I just like the line. I, mean, that would, I just that like the line. Keep the governor sense. in the fold. Keep him in the keep them in their pocket, keep them in the family, so to speak. And like, that's shady shit, but whatever. That's politics for you, right? Yeah, well, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. It's a different podcast, too. <laughs> Another news, NWA President Billy Corgan commented earlier today about the status of the NWA, shooting down rumors that they were likely to shut down, saying, and I quote, a quick note about the NWA, which I fought for and won the ownership of a few years back. We are not shutting down, so please disregard any and all rumors to that effect. NWE is not and will not be for sale. And those talent who are under contract remain con- under contract for a reason, which is what we at the NWA are trying to figure out a way to provide our great fans with great wrestling content in a very, very tough environment. What do you think the future of NWA holds? Do you think they'll be coming back? Because you talked about AEW being a startup company. If they had a fold, they would not be reopening. Now, NWA basically started from the ground up here. Do you see NWA yeah. coming back? Yeah. So, you know, with with rumors, there tends to be some sort of truth into it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if NWA will shut down, but obviously there, there's something going on backstage. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, those allegations did not help matters for their company. Uh, also, they were going through shit with like Jim Cornette on commentary, uh, not not too far uh, before that. You know, so I mean, obviously, they're looking for like a restructured type of program, maybe sell it. I'm not too sure. I don't necessarily think it's going to shut down for good. Uh, obviously, I mean, M- NWA goes way back. Yeah, uh, with the most prestigious title in the industry, what? Right, fifty years ago, maybe. Right. So like, I, I, I don't see NWA being gone for good. I, uh, you know, maybe a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. I personally think again, like, I, I think there, there might be some sort of sale, or or, or a new, uh, new overhaul in upper management. All right. NWA Vice President Dave Lagania had to resign, but there was. Rumors about them looking into NWA world champion Nick Aldis. He was considered for their VP slot, but was rejected because he didn't have the same skill set as Lagana had and didn't meet their qualifications. Yeah, no, I, like, I, I don't. But yet you have, I, I don't, you have Kenny Omega and Young Bucks as executive vice presidents of AW. Like, what, what, are their, what are their qualifications now? Nick Aldis is a genius in the wrestling, uh, great wrestling mind. He'd be asset as a vice president, no? Unless you're oh. looking for a business, like a technically business guy. To be on a desk twelve hours a day, pushing papers, and that's not his. But then that's that's not that's not his game. Yeah, you know, I mean, Tony Khan. So he he's a man with money and connections. He doesn't necessarily know Jack Daly squat about wrestling. Mm-hmm. So he he put in a lot of minds in place that that know what they're doing. You know, Cody Rhodes, uh, yeah, Kenny Omega, uh, Chris Jericho, I think is one too, right? No, I don't believe he was. I think they formed that company before they brought him in. Uh, Young Bucks, right? Young they're, Bucks, yeah. Young Bucks, I think someone else is EVP, but like they, they also brought in Jim Ross. They also brought in uh, Brandy, uh, Brandy Rhodes is an EVP of something. Brandy Rhodes, yes. You know, they, they they brought in. They, it's interesting the people that brought in, even like you know, okay, so Chris Jericho's not, but you know he brings in that locker room presence. Yeah, of course. Uh, th- that definitely helps them. It helps the young talent and molds them to be future stars. Jim Ross too. He knows what he's doing. He, he's made stars in WWE, WWF back then. Yeah, so they they hired the right people, I think, in AEW, and that's the difference. You know, and uh, NWA seems like I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like my my personal gut is uh, if it's not if they're not selling the company, it, it's definitely going to be something like changing of the guard and management. It, 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 they they need to bring in. Uh, some, I don't know, some some expertise in there. Uh, that obviously it's going to be something that's not going to be controversial because I think that the NWA gets one more controversy away from going under, mm-hmm. and I think they're aware of that. So I, I think actually a long hiatus could actually help them. Hmm. All right, we'll find out. In other news, Mark, last week you informed everybody with your social media prowess about the Instagram and the Rock buying ads. So let's uh, let's pick your brain some more about social media, okay? All right, I'm I'm game. W realized that a lot of momentum can be made in the storyline through social media. They also want to make sure that the story they're trying to tell is clearly portrayed. This caused the company to adapt certain policies regarding their practices via Twitter. Fightful reports that W superstars aren't given explicit instruction when it comes to promoting tweets. They're plugging a product or an event. They're giving a link and a rough idea about what to say. But when it comes to TV storylines or something that we're going to play out over TV, they're giving a more direct tweet on what to say. If they're participating in a social media campaign or something promotional, 
They'll give you a link, you know, something maybe a roundabout thing, what to say. A part of a TV program or a feud, they're instructed with some more precise tweets in order to further that feud as well. This is common practice amongst businesses of having the power up in charge to tell people what to say, especially when it comes to promotional tweets as well? Well, here's the thing. I mean, like the, the bigger the company, of course, they're going to have more say of, as far as like, you know, what their talent does. It, you know, I have actually a, a good friend of mine who uh, works for, um, he's, he's an actor in a very well-known Marvel show. Oh, and sure. he... Jessica Jones? He, he described to me, I'm not going to name names. Okay. Or, uh, what's up? Agent Carter? I, I'm not going to say. Punisher? Okay, can, can you let me talk? <laughs> First class? I've run Marty in shows. So he was telling me how basically Disney owns his ass because Disney owns Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, like he had to sign pretty much his life away uh, as far as like what he can say on social media. And he was very limited as far as like what he can say on social media. About yeah, anything so or about the company? Anything. Wow. Anything at all. Like he couldn't he couldn't even discuss his views on politics or anything like that. Really? Like it, yeah, it even came down to like endorsing or whatever. Like, you know, it, it was just like Disney had to approve everything. Wow. So it's not uncommon for a big company like that to do that. So WWE, I'm not surprised that they have their say as far as like, you know, what gets approved on Twitter. Mm-hmm. especially, you know, with all that's been going on. You, you see wrestlers all the time, like, you know, to get themselves in trouble on Twitter. Yeah. You know, WWE, they're very much on top of that. They have to be, especially, you know, with any type of, like, leaks that came out. You know, they, they have to be on top of it. Because sometimes and you hear the show even, like, off-air Twitter feuds that are leading, up, are leading into or progressing a feud. I wonder, I always wondered, is that them just riffing, improving, or is that scripted and... They're being told what to say, so it's sounding like they're almost told what to say here. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so, and I, I actually wonder too, to like what extent of of like the uh, of the talent ladder it reaches. You uh, know, if point, say yeah. like you're say you're Becky Lynch and you're you're on top of the world, you're the man, you're the face of the company. You know, did it give her kind of a little bit more free reign, kind of like promos in a sense? You yeah. know, like when you're trusted. When you're the face of the company, it seems like they kind of give you a little bit more free reign okay. nowadays. Uh, a lot of other people, they're heavily scripted. So it makes me wonder if it's like the same for social media for them. I kind of doubt it. I, I think like everyone has to go through some level of it in social, me- in social media for WWE. Mm-hmm. It, it only makes sense. And uh, honestly, I, I think more indie companies need to be on top of this as well. You know, if you're a promoter, and you, you have a set roster, I think it's a smart move to monitor what your talent is seeing because it's not necessarily just a reflection of the talent, it's a reflection of the company as well, uh, especially if uh, said talent is the champion of your promotion. And that person is obviously one of the faces for your company, especially whenever they carry the, the championship um, or we take pictures of the championship or Mac goes back to the company. So, you know, I, I think so many more companies should be on top of it and teach, at least teach um, their talent as far as social media etiquette and what they do. On that note, let's go uh, talk about some TV this week. Hell yeah. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, Mark. Time for our TV Takedown segment. What do you got this week? Well, 
you know, I, I've been very disappointed with wrestling as of late. I'm not going to lie. It's just, I don't know if it's just like the whole no crowd thing or the fake crowd, I should call it. Or it just like, you know, everyone I think maybe like phoning it in. I don't know what it is. But, you know, the, the one thing that really stood out to me the most, I have to say this week, that I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, I got to say, I, AEW, you call me Mark. I don't care. Uh, Cody Rhodes. What's up, man? That's my name. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes for Sunny Kiss. I thought that was a hell of a performance. I thought Sunny Kiss, that was his time to shine. I, you know, he formed a very good tag team, I thought so, with uh, Joey Janela. And definitely, um, I think that helped earn his spot against Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. But when it came down to the singles competition on that spotlight, uh, Sunny Kiss showed up. And I, I've seen Sunny Kiss perform live a few times in the Indies and BCW. Um, I forget what other promotions, but you know, I, I've encountered Sunny Kiss before, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I was amazed with the character because it was so unique. You that you've never seen professional wrestling before, but then like you know, watching him, I was like, wow, this guy can go, yeah, can really go. And he stood toe to toe with Cody, gave it everything he got, and I thought it was a damn good performance, damn good show. And I and I dug uh, some of the stuff that Cody was doing as well. You know, you see some like some slight, slight um, foreshadowing moments of a possible heel turn here. Yeah, I saw that, which I thought was interesting. That that raised some questions. So that was my highlight of the week. That was the highlight of AEW to me. Everything else was pretty much downhill from there for me. That, but that match, with, maybe because I like Sonny Kiss, I know him. I've seen him on the indies as well. He was a standout performer in Lucha Underground. I loved when he went over there, stole the show in the, the uh, trios team with him and Evil Lease. I forgot the third guy. But uh, Sonny Kiss can go. I mean, Sonny Kiss is awesome. He's fun to watch. I love his entrance with the cheerleaders. Oh, the entrance is awesome. Yeah. It's very unique, very different, yet fit him so well. And uh, I just thought that match, he stood his own. It was a great takedown. That was a great match. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, I, I'm so happy for him. And, and, you know, just to see his name trending on Twitter uh, after that match, I, or was it during, I forget. But, you know, you, you just see, like, you know, just nothing but praise for him. Uh, a lot of people, it's their first time watching him or uh, really paying attention or noticing. But then there are a lot of people that, you know, that have seen him and know him. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, not surprised. Like this, this guy deserves a spotlight there. And I, I think, uh, you know, AEW, their eyes are open to Sonny Kiss and what he has to offer. A couple side notes, props to the women for main eventing Raw again. Again, stealing the show. I thought that main event was better than anything on Raw this week. Um, going to NXT, the uh, Legado Del Fatazma group, they're growing on me. I'm excited to see where this goes. Robert Stone is also growing on me. My takedown is that three weeks in a row, the main event of NXT was show-stopping. It was for the championship, Io Shirai against Tegan Knox. That match went over 20-something minutes for a two-hour show. Amazing. Both women were just amazing, amazing to watch. It was a very fun match watched from bell to bell. Both women gave it their all. It was just one of the matches I, looked, I enjoyed most this week. It was one of the highlights. It was fantastic. And then at the I end, my faction member, Dakota Kai, coming out. Staking claim to that title, bring it home, baby, bring it home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Dakota yeah. Kai, uh, without yeah. Big Mommy Cool, without uh, Raquel Gonzalez on her own, spotlight all on her it was fantastic. Yeah, that just yeah, put those nice little ball they, on that whole. They, they, they make a great team, and uh, yeah, I mean they, they're definitely hitting their stride. Yeah, and, 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 you know they came out at the right spot. They're doing the right thing. Great facial expressions. 
I think yeah, that's one uh, something I saw on Twitter, and then I uh, watched a little bit back today. Uh, Tegan Knox's facial expressions are amazing. I'm like, well, yeah, they actually yeah. pretty are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why with the Io Shirai and, and Tegan Knox match itself kind of fell flat for me. Is it the match, or because you were distracted by it? Because I know you hate the commentary. Maybe, maybe it's the commentary. I don't know, but there, there were certain things. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nitpicking. I think you are. I mean, there, there were certain, there were certainly like some like missed spots. I feel like in the, in the Sunny Kiss Cody Rhodes match. If I'm really going to critique it, uh, but you yeah, know, they were. I, but the, uh, overall, it was a good. Overall, match. as a whole, yeah. And I feel like the, I don't know. There were just some moments, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the commentary for me. Maybe, maybe it's just because you, you mentioned it, that a couple times on the show and off air. Yeah, it's just a commentary. You can't not commentary in general, just moral. But uh, so maybe I'll take I, I away from it. Maybe, I, I maybe you already like come I, in. You already go into it with like, oh god, this guy. I feel like I'm the minority in this category as far as just like not enjoying Morrow's commentary. It just it just takes me out of it and it it just turns me off to the product. It really does. It's unfortunate because it's a good product. There's certainly there are good moments though. The talent is good. The characters are developed. They have pretty good storylines. Yeah, it's just. I don't know I look at the whole picture there, and just for me, it's just, again, yeah, Morrow kind of ruins it for me, man. He does. You mean- I, what Cody, what Corey Graves, uh, Corey Graves, excuse me, what Corey Graves called him out was it last year? Yeah, I, I agreed with everything that Corey said. I don't. Do I agree that he should have said it online? I don't necessarily know, but you may be in the minority, but you're also like a, have a lot of people who agree with you. So you're not alone here. A lot of people do agree with you with that. People worship everything Morrow does and says. I, I just, I honestly, I don't get it. I, I, I just don't. You know, and these are the same people that praise Jim Ross. I, Jim Ross had a completely different style, a completely different game. But Jim Ross knew what to say and how to make you feel a certain way. Uh, he knew when to uh, have you certain inflection in his voice at certain times. It's almost like a, a musical score. You know, when you play with your voice, and we've done commentary. You know, you, you know when to like when to bring the bring the noise a bit and how, when to yeah. when to ease back and the brakes. You know, there's certain levels that you go. It, it's like a, kind of like a crescendo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like Morrow is just always out of ten, just <laughs> always yelling. There's, there's no reason for that. Like you know, because when when that big moment hits and you're and you're yelling, it, it, you're doing the same thing you did during like a, during an arm bar. It, what's what's the difference? Like I, I just, I don't know, I don't know. Like I'm not saying I'm a god on on commentary by any means. Like every time I try to get better and better and better. But these are the things that I've learned for for what the, the time that we've done commentary together. Like yeah. you know we've learned a lot. And, and like the one guy that I, I, I don't want to learn from is Morrow because I, I just can't. It was great commentary. I mentioned this a while ago with uh, Impact, Josh Matthews and uh, Don Callis. But since the pandemic started, Josh Matthews. And Madison Rain together on commentary are fucking golden. Thoroughly enjoy make the yeah. show ten times better, more enjoyable to watch because their chemistry is, of course, it should be through the roof. And I, I really enjoy that too. Yeah, they just do an amazing job together. Watching it back, like Josh Matthews, I, I've always been a fan of him. They, they, they never really give him a shot on commentary in WWE. No. Like, he, he he's doing a good job with this. He's he knows a, what he's talking. About. Doing a great job, and uh, Don Callis and now Madison Rain. He just. Commentary on Impact. You're talking about commentary taken away from NXT. I think the commentary on Impact adds to the show. And that's the thing. It just sucks you right in. I'm like, oh, it's shit. supposed to add. It's not supposed to distract or take you away from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tell a you great know, story. 
when you when you look back in WWE Network and you look back in the Attitude Era, you look back in the height of Jim Ross and Jerry King Lawler. You know, Jim Ross, like, you know, just the inflection of his voice at certain times and the things that he would say, it just makes you feel a certain way about the characters. Like right away, you know what's going on. You know how you should feel about Kane coming out. Yeah. You know how you should feel about about mankind. You you know how you should feel about everyone because he of what he's saying and how it reflects on the screen. It all t- matches up together perfectly. You know what sucks? You talk about uh, Mario not letting people talk. It's a little bit more noticeable now that they're not in the same room. Mm, Have you noticed, okay. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but now you'll see somebody start to talk and he'll just start talking too. Because I guess they don't do it. Like we're doing this via video check so we, so we can see ourselves face to face. Yeah. I, I guess they don't do that because he's, they're often, he's often quite talking over people too. It's not out of the norm. I mean, yeah. he's, he's always talked over people or not letting people speak. Like half the time you forget Beth Phoenix is even there. But definitely this is making it worse without not in the same room. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. I can go on all day about this, but the importance of commentary and like how, how important it is to, to the match and how it completes the match as a whole. Yes, sir. Anything else on TV you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, what, what else is there to talk about, buddy? <laughs> Scarlett Bordell looking smoking hot. Uh, I think that's about it. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into this week's three count. It's time for the three count. All right, Mark, are you for the three count? Yes, man, I am. I'm pumped for this one. It's been five years since the woman's evolution debuted, back then known as the Divas Revolution, I believe it was called, right? So we decided to look back, reminisce on the evolution of women wrestling in the past five years, and to look back overall, find out our top women's champions of all time. Of all time. So many choices to choose from. I instantly picked seven. So now we're going to get down to three because... Talking about it before the show starts, we picked so many different generations of people. Talking about it last week with Michael Jordan being the goat of the 90s and LeBron being the goat of this. There's so many goats. But uh, somehow me and Mark narrowed it down to three. I don't know how the fuck we did this. Um, if you are loyal listener to the show, I'm assuming you predict Mark's number one, as, <laughs> as I can easily do it. And uh, I think you can predict my number one as well. So I'm curious to find out our two and threes. Mark, the floor is yours. Okay, so like honestly, I've been battling with this. So this has been a hard one because you know we open up to all time, and uh, you know, it had me actually doing like you know research too, as far as like all right, can I can I really back this up? I'm still struggling between who I'm naming two and three right now, but you know what comes to mind is I gotta go with you know a person who I who I enjoyed watching, you know, a person who was phenomenal in the ring, had a great look, uh, owned the character. First ever Divas champion, Michelle McCool. Okay. Yeah, you know, especially like, you know when she had that tag team of Lake Cool, oh, and then they yes. split the championship. Remember that? Yeah, Layla. I, I mean, that, crushes Layla. Oh, Lake Cool. That was so amazing. unique. Yeah, it was so unique how they did it and the, the storylines that they had. And you know, she did have some pretty good competition. Yeah, I, I had to look back in that too. I'm like, you know, was her competition weak? Michelle McCool was so talented. Like, I, I would be. So interested to see, like, you know, if she made a comeback today. Because, yeah, me and you, we watched uh, The Last Ride. Mm-hmm. Michelle McCool is still in phenomenal shape. Like, it yeah. looks like she could still go Absolutely. and, like, out and compete in the main level. Uh, she, she rocked, man. She, she definitely, like, I think she was, like, number one ranked wrestler in the world at that time. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. If memory serves me correct. So, you know, my, my number three, Michelle McCool, 
I, I'm sticking with that. Yeah, good pick. My number three, I could not decide. So I had to bump one down to an honorable mention. And my honorable mention, Alexa Bliss. I mean, she only Alexa, started, wow, really? She only, Dude, I was really thinking about her. She only started in 2016. She's already a five-time women's champion. Her character is just flawless, the goddess. She's great in the mic. She's good in the ring. And she's gotten better. You follow her. She's gotten better and better. Uh, just first, first Raw and women's champion. She's still so young, too. Very like young. She's still got a lot. That's why, a that's lot why of I gave her the edge to the honorable mention because she has the her whole career ahead of her. Yeah. She holds a unique distinction of entering WrestleMania to defend two separate women's titles back to back. First and only woman to do that. So this is my honorable mention. So uh can't wait to follow her career years ago. Like I said, she's way too young. She has so much more right. miles on her. My number three, surprise, surprise. We agree. Michelle McCool. Number one ah. ranked woman in Pro Wrestling's Illustrated Females Top 50 in 2010. That's what you were talking to. And back then, the women's matches were the bathroom breaks. Yeah. But yet she made it enjoyable. She made her matches. I can wait. I can hold it. And her character was great. When her pairing with Lay Cool, it was just fantastic. She earned numerous title range. She's a two-time Divas champion, two-time women's champion. First time we saw a tables match to a women's too, right? With, with her? That I'm not sure about. I thought it was Natalia. Uh, she was the first female to I hold. I think it was her versus Natalia. She was the first female to hold both of the Divas and Women's Champion, unifying them. Uh, so congratulations to Michelle McCool, number three. Yes. Great pick, Michelle McCool. Yeah. I hope you make a comeback, or at least in just one match. Just one match. Number two. All right, so number two. I think I'm going to get some hate for this. I think I'm going to get people sliding my DM saying, what the fuck? Um, but I'm going to defend this here. I'm going to flat say it. My number two is Nikki Bella, the longest reigning Divas champion. She was, one of the first things, she was one of the first things that popped in my head, too. So I no hate here. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Because, like, honestly, I, I love Nikki Bella. I, I'm a Nikki Bella fan. Yeah. I, I, I love what she does in Total Bellas, Total Divas. I, I, I like how, like, you know, she brought more eyes to the product. Uh, you know, I think she's better than what given credit for in the ring. She's tougher, a lot tougher than what people give her credit for, uh, mentally and physically. But when she was the champion during that reign, as much as a fan I am of her, and at that time as well, I hated her. I couldn't wait for her to lose the championship. I, I was hoping every single time, but she really? did such a good job as a heel, as a heel during that time, because like, especially like how she turned her sister during that at SummerSlam, like yeah. right before she became champion, and then like Brie Bella, then after that rivalry, helping her become the longest reigning champion. Like every week, like the, the promos and the matches she had, because she did have actually good competition. Even though it was during that time when it was like, you know, the bathroom break was considered too. And eventually, you know, she was still kind of champion during that revolution. She actually lost to Charlotte Flair. So kudos to that. Though. It was like the passing of the torch. Yeah. She was uh, uh, five years ago. They came out the teams. Team, Bella, team Bellas. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. She was definitely the uh, yeah. stalwart with of Le- that generation. Yeah. Of that class. With Alicia Fox, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Nikki Bella is a trailblazer and uh, definitely worthy of Hall of Fame. I know a lot of people gave him shit for that, for being in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, I mean, just just look at the credentials. It's there. Yeah, absolutely. Then we talked about it when she was inducted and uh, announced as a Hall of Fame. Well, well-deserved. Absolutely well-deserved. And, I, I, again, to give her credit, big fan of the Bellas. And for the fact that she, even during that time, she's able to make me, like, hate her character. Yeah. To look forward to get her to see her get her ass beat every show, only for her to retain time okay. and time again. Great. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's just talent right there. No, great pick. Thank you. My number two, 
bear with me here. Simone Johnson. I know she's not a woman yet, but she has potential and she's the future and she will have multiple, multiple women champions. I know I'm breaking the rules here, Mark. I know I'm not following rules. I know we're supposed to pick women's champion. She's not a woman's champion, but I, I think in the future she will be women's champion. I fucking hate you. And I love you at the same time. I think that's well played. Thank you. Well played. That's a call back, call back to episode 215 when Mark picked Simone Johnson to be part of his faction, even though she's not on the fucking main roster. She's on a you know, WWE the, the, whole, the punchline to that joke was Mark cracking up, which, again, you can't really hear. You have to watch him, so it's not going to play off well on this podcast. But for me, I enjoyed it. Personally, my number two favorite women's champion is one of my favorite women's champions of all time, Mickey James. Oh, man. Okay. Took WWE by storm when she debuted. And not only did she debut against Trish Stratus with a memorable match at WrestleMania 22, just six months after debuting. By the way, Mark, I was there for that. Of course you were. And she came in onto the scene when Trish left, when Lita left, when all the big names left. She had to carry the division on her back for a while. Uh, she managed to become a six-time women's champion. Uh, she was, I think, the second most of all time, maybe the third most now. She was female wrestler of the year in 2009 and again in 2011. Uh, she was a huge asset to the company. She was also a three-time TNA knockout champion, so she was amazing in the ring as well. Many, many more indie champions. Love Mickey James. Love the shit kick. Uh, chick kick? The fuck it was? Chick kick. Yeah. Not the shit kick. Mick kick. kick. Mick kick, I think it was called. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, Mickey James. Awesome. And I, I have to. One more match. Wanna... One more run. Come back. I want to back you up here in this about Mickey James. Big fan of Mickey James. I enjoyed her work. I still do. Uh, especially like with her age, she could still go. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and she she looks great. I, I feel like she definitely has more in the tank in her. And I hope she does come back. Because so. I, I know she had a big uh, knee surgery. But the, the thing is with Mickey James, I feel like she never got enough love from the fans. And I think that still exists today. I remember Mickey James... You know, it was the middle of her of her run uh, in WWE originally, and it, it, a lot of points like she was still considered a bathroom break, mm-hmm. as talented as she was, and as as uh, and she was a champion at that point too. It was putting on good good matches, and she was trying everything she can. I remember time and time again, every week, doing everything she can to get the crowd behind her back, doing everything possible because you would hear crickets. Yep. You wouldn't hear a lot of noise. You wouldn't hear a lot of reaction because people were going to the bathroom or not paying attention. And I'm just thinking, what, am I missing something? Because I'm enjoying this. Is she doing something wrong? I, I, I just never got it. And then when she came back, too, I feel like it was just like kind of like a lukewarm reception for her. But she came I back in a good role, deserves... the, the mentorship to uh, Alexa Bliss. So they yeah. had a good pairing together as well. And um... They did, but then it, it just kind of faded out from there. I, I thought Mickey James, she actually was better when she was NXT that when she had a, a little bit of a run there. But, like, you know, when she got to the main roster, it's just, like, you know, almost like an Italia role, but less. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's what I said. Like, she's, I knew when she comes back, she's not going to go anywhere near the belt. But she's just you know, there to... Why, a, not? why not? She's a former champion, five, what, five times, you said? Six times, six times. Six times. Six time women's champion. Uh, former knockout champion. Three-time yeah. knockout champion, yeah. Exactly. You know, obviously, it could still go. I mean future Hall of Famer, why not get one more crack at the championship? Why are we should go and job out to whoever? Yeah, especially now when you have Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks holding it down with without Becky Lynch, without Charlotte Flair, there's a little bit of a gap. You gotta, this veteran experience could definitely help out. Totally. Totally. Would love to see Mickey James get back in the championship hunt. Mm, me too. Mark, I think 
I know your number one. Again, I think people listening to the show will know my number one. Let's get it over with. Mark number one. And tell me why it's Charlotte right. Flair. <laughs> why do you just assume it's Charlotte Flair? Well, I could have said Becky Lynch. I could have said Sasha Banks. I could have said Trish Stratus or Lita or China. Okay. Hell, Mark. I could have said Stephanie McMahon. Okay, Mark, who's your number one? I could have said AJ Lee or Paige. Yeah, you could name all these names, but I want to know who your number one was. It's- Charlotte Flair. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It is Charlotte Flair. I mean, yes, I mentioned all these names for a reason because all of them are well-deserved to be in that list. And I've considered all those names, actually, even Stephanie McMahon, because I did enjoy her heel run as a women's champion. But Charlotte Flair, there's no denying. I mean, this woman's first ballot Hall of Fame, you know, already on on pace to break her father's record as a a world champion. Yeah. Um, In the women's division, at least. But I I think still well-deserved. Charlotte Flair, I mean, like, she's the total package. We've talked about time and time again. She's the one person that could really carry a company, any company, not just WWE, no matter where she goes. She's a star. And, and the people bitch and moan that she's on TV so much. Well, she's that damn good. I just don't understand, like, I didn't know it was five years when they debuted. Hey, it seems like so much longer ago. And how do you have, like, 10, 11 championships within five years? Again, that was my problem against this, her was she had these very quick she had a title run. She had a championship for a couple of minutes one time. She had a championship for less than a day one time. It's just that they're force feeding her to break her or tie her father's record. I get it. Yeah. All right. But um, what, that, didn't, that didn't happen with John Cena. John Cena has some very short title reigns as well. Yeah, over the course of sixteen years. True. Uh, but I'm not, True. Again, I, I don't mean to sound like a knock on her. She's definitely well deserved to be number but, one. You know, I mean, let's look at the talent roster for the women division during over these past five years. It's just still starting to grow. See, Mark Swan's yeah, leaning, back, leaning, back, leaning back in his chair. He's bracing himself for debate here. He, it's uh, a touch of nerve because he loves Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, I mean, yes, there are other talented women in WWE, uh, especially during those, that five-year run. Uh, but Charlotte Flair, there's no denying she's head and shoulders above the competition, man or woman. You know, there really hasn't been a lot that could, that could challenge her. I, I, I am actually disappointed with like, the whole Ronda Rousey thing. They, they did everything they could to protect both women. Yeah. I, I really would love to see, a, you know, an actual match between the two and, and see an actual winner who comes out of that. You know, I, I would love to see Michelle McCool come back for a match with Charlotte Flair. It, it, Charlotte Flair, like, no matter who you put in there, she makes them look great. She makes herself look great as well. You know, look what she did with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan never looked better. Uh, who, whoever she faces in the ring, she makes them look like a star, just like her father did. And, and for that, Charlotte Flair is... Lights out, the number one on my list as top women champions. Mark, I'm, I'm going to cut you off there because I know you can go on and on about Charlotte Flair. We have the rest of the show to do, so I'm going to just cut you off there. <laughs> one of my favorite Charlotte matches was against my number one. Uh, there would not be a Charlotte Flair without the greatest of all time, Trish Stratus. Who Charlotte Flair beat. Definitely. That's what it, was, it was a great match. I loved, I loved watching these two icons, two great... To the best of their generations, face off. It was like one of those dream matches, I guess. Yeah, 100%. In an industry that there's not that many left. I was happy to see that. Trish's swan song, what a, better, what a great way to go out. I've been passing the torch, officially passing the torch to Charlotte Flair. Uh, just, I think Trish was the greatest of all time. And uh, especially when she started out just as a beauty bikini model, managing Tess and Albert, and to see her climb and constantly get better in the ring and become the icon that she is. Trish Rad is number one, easily picked for me. That was our top threes. Oh, you have a rebuttal? See, like, no, not necessarily a rebuttal. Like, you know, I, I, 
there was a time when I took a break from watching wrestling. It was during uh, Trish Stratus's reign oh. uh, in there. So I, I've only seen stuff like highlight videos or looking back every now and then at different matches. I've never seen like, her full progression of her career. Uh, I wanted to put Trish Stratus in my list, but I was like, you know what? I'd be faking it if I did. Yeah, this is personal. I, I, so, yeah. yeah, it's personal. Yeah, I, I've seen plenty of matches with Trish Stratus to be aware. Like, you know, yeah, she was amazing at what she did. You know, but uh, I didn't necessarily follow her career well enough to be like, yeah, she's my favorite champion. But, you know, Trish Stratus, obviously, I mean, we wouldn't necessarily have the women's division we have today without Trish Stratus. So, obviously, love to her. Yeah, she's the Michael Jordan, and like Charlotte Flair is the LeBron James. That's a fair assessment. Thank you. Uh, of course, Lita's got, got to be on that list, but, you know, I didn't want to pick basic names. Uh, so, I left Lita off because I didn't want to be re- repetitive. But her and Lita main evented the first women's main event of Raw back in 2004. Trish Stratus. I can go on and on about Trish Stratus too. So let's uh let's know your top three inbox shadowwrestling dot com. Dial it up six one nine three four three three zero zero five or hit us up on our social medias. Again, there's so many people we did not pick. I think you mentioned them on your list earlier. China Page, AJ Lee. I've seen a lot of people pick. Fabulous Moolah. AJ Lee. School. AJ Lee. I was going to put on my list. Alondra Blaze. I was going to put on my list at one point. Yeah. But like you know, it's just I was looking at the competition as well during that time. AJ Lee didn't have a lot of competition. And there was a long time where she actually didn't defend her championship. And so like, just like as much as I loved AJ Lee, how can I call her a top champion uh, when she didn't defend it that much? You know, um, Alondra Blaze too. I mean, not a whole lot of competition in WWE at the time. But really the only one that stood out to me was, uh, was in Bull Nakata. Um, Bull Nakano. Bull Nakano. Yeah. That, that, that was the one standout to me that who she faced in WWE. Or WWF at that time, so it's not necessarily fair to say. Like, as great as they were to say top champions, you know, the three that we both listed obviously had a lot of competition and, and made that championship something. So please let us know your top three. Like I said, there's so many things we did not pick. I'm very curious to see who you guys pick. Let us know. All right, Mark, that's that. Let's get in some go home thoughts. Mentioned it last week. Excited about Slammiversary. Haven't been excited about a pay per view in this long in a while. We're recording the show Friday. So by the time the show posts, Slammiversary will be over. We will, and I said they're doing a great job of not only editing their show for the last couple of weeks to edit out uh, Tessa Blanchard and Michael Elgin, but drawing us in and finding out who is this, who's coming in. Uh, I I'm completely sucked in. We probably know who it's going to be. It's probably going to be um, EC3, the Good Brothers. I heard today he's Slater. So uh, if I'm wrong, you guys know by now. Looking forward to yeah, anniversary. Yeah, mentioned that last. Everyone time. knows. Yeah. Hyped it up, and then I just totally forgot telling you before the show started. Extreme Rules as well. I'm like, on the same weekend, like, oh man, I gotta watch. God knows how long wrestling this weekend. I'm like, that that's just gonna be so, so draining. Like they couldn't do it next weekend. Like, ugh. is that why some person? That, 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 that's that's what you want to hear on a wrestling podcast. Oh, watching wrestling so draining. Yeah, like back to back, like the. They've never done that before. Usually, they pick Slammiversary. Uh, usually, Impact reviews are on Sundays. So, did they, did they know ahead of time? Are they doing it on Saturday because it's easier for everybody, or that's when they get the scheduling for the building? I don't know. But Saturday night we have a pay per view. Sunday night we have a pay per view. So make sure you tune into episode two seventeen for us to take down both shows. I'm assuming Mark will watch both of them loyally and dearly because that's his job as a co-host of this podcast. Looking forward to your takedowns on both of them. Uh, Mark, go home thoughts for you. Go thought for me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see you know what happens next. 
Uh, obviously, as Putty said, you know, the show is pre-recorded, so uh, we don't necessarily know what's happening at anniversary or Extreme Rules. But yeah, next week, we will be doing a TV takedown for that. Three count, I'm sure we'll be coming back. And uh, can I say it? Am I going to have my boy Carson back on? Can you not come on? Can we just have Carson? Oh, come on, man. Two dudes with Attitude 2.0 taking it over this show, baby. <laughs> what, what's, what's that? Two dudes with Attitudes? Wait, Ninja Turtles? You don't remember Shawn Michaels, Diesel? Two dudes with Attitude? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Putty's shaking his head right now, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. Uh, guys, and that's all really I have. I really don't have anything else, so you know, I hope you all are staying safe. You know, New York City, we're supposed to go to Phase 4 coming soon. Very excited about that. You know, but keep in mind, we're not out of the clear yet. Cases are rising all around. Even New York, cases have increased over 1,000 in the last couple of days. So do your part. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Uh, keep the social distance thing going. Because a lot, a lot of us, we're still not back yet. Uh, including my industry in Hollywood, and I just want to go to work. So I'm talking from a very selfish level. Help me get back to work. Do your part, please, for the love of God. But in the meantime, if you want to check out more of my stuff, you can follow me uh, on my website, yourfavoriteactor.com. Putty, what do you got? Uh, you basically took it. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, yada, yada, yada. Same spiel we always talk about because I want this thing to end already the cdc said we can end this in four to six weeks if you we all just wear masks and of course there are some idiots who just refuse to wear masks i'm assuming they're the same people who don't believe in climate change who don't believe in science then uh, uh, just just wear a fucking mask please just wear a fucking mask please that's all i ask you know <sighs> anyway i'm not the Listen, don't, none of us want to do it None of us really want to do it. I, I, I'm not stoked to wear a mask out there to cover my beautiful face. I love when you hey, wear a mask to cover that ugly it, mug. Can we like a full face mask? That'd be great. Okay. You, you know me wear the keen mask? Yeah, please. You know that? Please, that'd be great. <laughs> no, but like, listen, wearing a mask sucks. But like, you know, if we all get through this together, we all do our part, uh, the sooner we don't have to do this anymore. And that'd be great, right? Don't we all win if that's the case? You would think. That's why I don't understand why people are refusing to do it. If you have problems with what I'm saying right now, uh, you can just unfollow me on social media. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> here, here first, folks. Unfollow Mark Schwann on social medias. C H O U E N. Cancel Mark Schwann. Please. Oh, yeah, get that started. Cancel Mark Schwann, please. I, 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 because I asked to wear a mask. Cancel Mark Schwann. Great hashtag. Let's get that trending. Cancel anyway, Mark. enjoy the wrestling pay per views. Enjoy your weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful weather. For Mark Shaw and I bring your host at Muggage Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>